It's been a week since we were allowed to go outside to socialise with up to six people. Have you ventured out and met up with any friends that you haven't seen for some time? This does bring with it a certain anxiety as many of us haven't seen anyone beyond our households for weeks and weeks and weeks. Andrew Bridgewater is a chartered psychologist and he's here with some advice on how to slowly get us back to normality. Whatever normality is going to look like, Andrew, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Good morning, Kat. Yes, it is. It's it's far from normal, I think, for, for most of us at the moment. I'd just like to kind of wheel back a little bit and talk about the context for this. So when we went into this, I mean, this is a quote from a cardiologist, we flattened the curve, but also the economy and also our psyches. And I think what's happened is that we've developed this sense that we are self-contained, but we're social beings. We need other people. And um, what happens when we're afraid is we, we kind of shut them out and um, we contract, we withdraw into ourselves. So we need to begin to be less afraid of each other now. And, uh, and I think that's the challenge for many people and that's what's potentially leading to the anxieties. Yeah, there's, there's going to be some considerable long-term effects. I mean, like you say, you know, we, we, we used to meet friends, you know, down the local, you know, we used to get together, we used to go to people's houses. And now, of course, you know, we, we can't do that. And actually for the long term, we won't be able yeah. to do that. But actually, we've kind of shifted our focus to different things as well, haven't we? We perhaps yeah. appreciate our gardens a little bit more. We appreciate our bird song. We appreciate the people in our household more than ever. And, you know, perhaps, you know, we, we are more awkward or we will become more awkward in a social context. Yeah, I think I think it's very interesting. Uh, I mean, let me just give you some of my experience. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be part of a reading group at seven o'clock every night for the last 10, 12 weeks. Uh, I live on my own. So it's it's really been important for me to have some structure in the day. And that reading group has provided a community. We've actually become very close together. Mm. And uh, interestingly, it's our final night tonight. <laughs> We've read five books together. It was supposed to be one. Well done. Um, because obviously we, we were going to be here for three weeks <laughs> and we've been here for a lot longer. But I think we've decided that the time is, is ready to move on. But I think people are struggling with it. Uh, and, I, and I feel I'm, I'm going to feel some loss without mm. this. But um, yes, yeah, so we, we've got to find things that work for us and work for the people that we are able to meet uh, in a socially distanced way with. Yeah, because as you say, that's a very good example of being a part of a reading group, because I think we've all sort of become part of, you know, different communities, whether it's, you know, you know, baking virtually or, or a reading group or doing our, our workout virtually. You know, we, we've met different people. We're socialising in a very different way. I mean, you know, through a computer screen. Yeah. Uh, and actually, as long as we're part of something, then that, you know, fulfills our yearning to be part of a tribe in some way. It does. It does. And and it doesn't have to be closely together. And um, that's just one example. You've given some others, which are great. And I think that um, as we begin to move back into some semblance of normality, we need to sort of ease off the, 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 that a little bit. And, and as I say, become a little bit less afraid of each other. Mm. It only takes 21 days to create a habit. I think that's quite well established, 21 to 30 days. And we've all had plenty of time to, to create, uh, install new behaviours. But unfortunately, they are going to take a bit of shifting and that will create some discomfort. And we need to do that, obviously, in the right way, in a socially distanced way, but recognise our own discomfort psychologically. Yeah. 
I, I mean, as an as an adult, we're talking generally about adults right now. And as an yeah. adult, I can I can deal with all this because you know I've had experience of life, so I know yeah. myself. But I look at my seven year old daughter who's unable to go to school, and actually, you know, the the effects on children and adolescents, perhaps, Andrew, are going to be far far greater. Yes, I think there may be, and I do feel for children venturing back to school. It looks very difficult. I have to go to the dentist on Wednesday, and it looks like it's going to be a, a very, very different experience. I've had some problems, and um, I, I feel for children. Um, I think we, we need to kind of explain to them that, that these things are being put in place for their own safety, but actually that being the case there's nothing to be afraid of and children are very very resilient to this situation we all know that both psychologically and also very resilient to the virus so from from their personal point of view that there isn't really much to fear but we just need to explain to them that this is a situation that nobody's faced before we're all dealing with it in our own ways and, and we're going to feel a bit uncomfortable and that's okay and I think that recognising your own feelings is so important um, and being OK with those feelings. And I speak from experience as somebody who suffered anxiety considerably earlier in life. And it was one of the things that encouraged me to retrain as a psychologist. And I used to believe my own negative thoughts, and my own negative feelings. But I've realised those are not real. They're mine created from the inside. And um, once I fully understood that, I could be less afraid of them. Now, that's a more difficult message to give to children. But I mm. think we can encourage them to be more reflective of their experience rather than be, be hooked by it. Mm. I'm going to give you an example, actually, of, of my own situation, because my, my mother's been shielded for since the, the start of lockdown. And she's down in Dorset. She's 140 miles away from, from me yeah. here and my family in Oxfordshire and desperate to see her. And of course, you know, yeah. desperate as, as everybody else is, you know, to give those that you love a hug. But of course, that's not going to be possible for, for some time. And my my mother is scared. She's scared for me to go down and even be socially distanced. If Even if I go down and stand in the garden, she's scared. And I, I think that sums up a lot of people right now, especially people that have been shielding. Those people are, are perhaps, you know, suffering mentally and, and are scared to meet up with the people that they love because of the implications yeah. and because of their vulnerabilities they are they are and i think we've got to get, we've got to get this balanced um can i give you a, a metaphor an example which which is intended to be just that so if we were to say right from now on let's reduce the speed limit to five miles an hour that would have a very significant impact on the number of deaths on the road but very few people would be prepared to to do that um, and so we accept a level of risk with a speed limit that's higher than five miles an hour. And we expect that there will be deaths on the roads during the course of the year. Now, I'm not I'm not making light of anybody's personal situation or anybody who's shielding. I think it's very difficult. I think it's 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 really isolating. And as I say, I've lived on my own for, for the last 12 weeks. It's mm -hmm. tough. Um, but at the same time, I think we learn. We need to learn to be less afraid. We are social creatures. We need each other. We're not wired to be afraid of each other. And we've got to start to move out of this gradually. It'll be baby steps. We can't yeah. expect to do it straight away because we've installed these habits, as I say. Yeah, I think I think that's good advice. Just just baby steps for now. But if anyone is listening to this who wants to get out, but but is really anxious 
about doing so? I mean, what, what's another perhaps really strong piece of advice that you can give them to start taking those baby steps? Yeah, well, what I would say is pay attention to what's going on in your body. So when you start to get that, that, that racing heart, those palpitations, that feeling of anxiety, just be the watcher of that and notice it rather than feeling that there's something wrong with you. This was really helpful for me because I used to get hooked by my feelings of anxiety. So if I started to get uh, a racing heart or, or, or heavy breathing, I'd think, oh, my gosh, what's, what's wrong? But actually, this is, this is a warning sign. All it's saying is that our thinking is off track. So we're always living in the feeling of our thinking every moment. And when you start to experience that, and yet you are socially distanced and you're safe to all intents and purposes, it is just your thinking. It's not real. And I think when it's, it, we get into trouble psychologically when we believe our own negative thinking. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's lots of resource on your website as well. Andrew, what's your website address for, for anybody that would like to tap into that resource? Okay, well I, well, I have a website at thementalhealthcoach.net, which has got a free audio course all about dealing with anxiety. And I think people will find it particularly helpful right now. I've also got a course called Mood and Food, because what we eat has a big impact on our mental health, our mental well-being and anxiety too. So do, do take a look at some of those resources. Mm, wonderful. And uh, my advice to you, Andrew, um, start your own reading group. Uh, that one has come to an end. <laughs> start another one. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be a while. So I think that's a very good idea, Kat. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you very much indeed for your time this morning. Psychologist Andrew Bridgewater with some advice on how to ease out of lockdown if you're anxious.